Hey guys, I've got a special guest for you today. This man has done so much in his life and he's been through so much at the same time. Growing up with uh, learning disabilities, things like that are being typecast. How about we talk about that? And then on top of that, finding a way to overcome that, building multiple uh, successful businesses, selling them, moving on to the next. And then on top of that, he had a successful mixed martial arts career, including a winning light heavyweight titles twice. And uh, now he is living in Patai, Thailand, where he's getting ready to uh, welcome the birth of his first child. That and so much more. Today's guest, Nick the headhunter Chapman. Nick Chapman, the headhunter. Thank you so much for for joining us here today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here, here we are. We get to talk again. Um, you know, I know it was off air, but this time we get to talk on air. And, um, you, you know, Nick, there's there's so many uh, great things. I know one of the things that uh, we want to talk about is obviously your mixed martial arts career, which, you know, you started at uh, later on in life. I mean, compared to most people. But you've yep. had a lot of... Um, I mean, there's so much about you that I think is interesting and the world probably wants to know, needs to know, um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure there's a lot of it that's X rated, but, uh, but what we really want to, wh why don't we start off with something uh, simple, you know, you, you're right now, you live in Thailand, uh, Patai, Thailand, but you're originally uh, from uh, the Queensland, uh, from England. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about your background, you know, where you're from growing up? And let, let's just get to know a little bit of Nikki, the chap. Yeah, <laughs> Nikki, that's what he used to call me when I was in <laughs> coming up. That's crazy. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm actually from a place called Guildford in Surrey. It's just it's just outside of London. It's, it's a bit south. Um, it was a nice, nice part of, of the UK. Um, I don't like the UK very much, but if you're going to live in the UK, it was all right. Um, yeah. I was a very troubled kid growing up. I had a lot of lot of issues, but um, I managed to overcome them and, and found myself now living in paradise. So it's been a hard journey, but I don't think I've changed any of it really. Looking back, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so so uh, in Guildford, uh, growing up, uh, only child, any siblings? No, two brothers, two sisters. Two brothers and two sisters. And where do you fit into that pecking order? I'm the second oldest, but I was always kind of the biggest. So I was kind of not the oldest, but was looked at as the oldest. <laughs> ah, interesting. So um, any uh, like, um, uh, you, you know, instincts to protect the other siblings? Uh, did, did your parents ever give you that? Hey, you better watch out for them. They didn't have to. It come naturally. I mean, we all kind of looked out for each other, but I probably had more fights over my sister than I, I did in a professional fighting capacity <laughs> i was always fighting at school over my sisters especially the older one and she had a habit of picking on the biggest meanest blokes in the school i literally i was a year below her and all i ever found myself doing was fighting guys like two two years above me because my sister had, had a row with one of them yeah so maybe that's where it all started <laughs> <laughs> are, are you and your sister still close 
Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. My my older sister, yeah, she's brilliant. We speak to her. That's great. We speak a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully, you're not having to fly over and to get into any fights to uh, defend her now. She's probably tamed down a little bit, but well, actually, but, just, the, the roles are reversed. She's probably more capable than me now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me a little bit about that because I my understanding, and I've heard I've heard you talk about this before. That growing up, you you know, there's a lot of things that were that were kind of rough for you. Most specifically, I I know that you talked about uh, issues with school and and with learning. Can you talk a little bit about what your early life was like with school? Yeah, I, I think school was just the root of all of my problems growing up. I I, I mm. hated it. Like even sitting in now, I can remember the smell of the classroom, the sound of the teacher's voice, and I I hated it. Like couldn't stand it because they tried to put me in these classes and categories and fit me into these little boxes and give me a, a very specific way of doing things. And I I I mean they diagnosed me. Said diagnosed me. They they labelled me with a, like a learning disability, which is absolutely not a learning disability. It's an absolute blessing. I mean, it's like a superpower for me now. But back then, it was very much, uh, I'm not going to call it a disability, but it was very, very difficult for, for a young guy to get to, grasp, to, to grips with because there's a very structured regime in school of how, how you should learn and what you should be learning. And I just didn't want, I didn't want any of it. Didn't want to know it, didn't, didn't care for it. Um, and I found myself feeling quite stupid, uh, being called stupid quite regularly when I knew I was not stupid. And it was very frustrating. It made me angry. Um, it made me yeah. so angry, like a rage inside me that I couldn't control. And it literally just went spiraling out of control uh, up to my sort of, sort of mid-20s. Yeah, all stemmed yeah. from school, it, I think. So lo looking back on that now, can you see what the, you, you know, what was so angering about it? Like, I, I mean, there because there's... You know, you can be, you can have people turn their back on you. You can have people say bad things to you and, and it can just burn inside. But for you, it, it raged so much that it would come out. Uh, yeah. Can you see, can you see what that was about yeah, now looking so back on it? it? Yeah, with age comes wisdom. And I don't think yeah. I'd trade wisdom for you ever, ever. I mean, when you're young, you're kind of young, but you don't realize how great wisdom is. But when you're old, you remember, you remember youth but you have wisdom. And now I know about both. I'd never want to go back there again. Not, 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 no way. <laughs> I mean, some people say I go back there knowing what I know now. Okay. Maybe I'd consider that, but I don't want to go back there and have to do that all again. It was, it was a very hard slog for me. I think, uh, I don't know. There was something inside of me, I think was always going to be angry. And, and yeah. I had this uh, aversion towards aggression, just raw aggression and anger. And I, I had the most amazing upbringing. I, I don't even know why I was like that. I went through child therapy and I went through probation at some times. And, you know, teachers at school are like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was crazy. Um, yeah. So I think I was always going to be angry. And I think maybe, uh, I mean, I wasn't looking for the world to, I guess maybe I was blaming the world. I was blaming the world for the way I was feeling. And it was very hard to understand. But now I realize, okay, so back then, I just have a very different way of doing things than everybody else. And if you just let me do things my way, um, then nobody needs to get hurt and everyone's going to be okay. <laughs> but back then I was, I was forced, even my dad tried to make me learn a certain way, told me I've got to go to college and get this job. And he was a brilliant father, don't get me wrong, but I, I didn't want to go to school, uh, to college and learn how to be an electrician. I wanted to get into boxing yeah. rings and punch people in the face for a living. And, and he could not understand that. So yeah. I was just fighting the system the whole way through my life, I think. That was the problem. 
Yeah. Well, t- tell me, tell me, what was that? Look, every parent, and and I know that you're embarking on that. You're going to be on, up that creek real soon. <laughs> but every parent, every parent, um, you know, with with dealing with their kids and trying to set them on a path, you know, what was that like for your parents? Meanwhile, they've got you with all of this rage. I mean, what was that like with that dynamic? Well, my dad used to refer to it as trying to turn a tugboat round. Like you imagine a tugboat pulling a ship. He's like, you're trying to turn one of them things around. He said, for me, it was impossible to manage. Um, I was just so willful. I was never ever going to change. Nothing my parents could have ever have done would have changed the path I was going to take. and you know they they were they were fantastic they tried very hard um but it's actually like you said i've got a little on the way and i'm thinking to myself wow i I just hope to god that my kid is not like i was because god help me do you believe in karma i'm kind of hoping that it doesn't really exist (laughs) (laughs) you know i but I'm, i'm i gotta say i'm really curious because if you were pushing that hard there had to have been times where your dad was like, what in the world did I, I, I gave birth. I would, hun, this is your kid. This is not mine. You know, yeah. uh, did, did you yeah. guys ever, did the things ever come push to shove? Did, did you guys ever go through those, those phases where, uh, where you and your dad and your, your parents didn't agree? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my mum, yeah. my mum saved me from boarding school. Um, my dad was like, get rid of him. Like he's got to go. And my mum said, if, yeah. you, if you put him in there, I'll leave you. And then I don't blame my dad at the time. Obviously I, I hated him for it. And, but now I'm like, dad, like, I'm sorry. I get it now. Like bless him. He went through hell on earth for me. He'd never had a fight in his life. The only person he's ever had a fight with is me, <laughs> like a physical fight. And I swung baseball bats at him. I'm not joking. It was, yeah, it was tough for him. And, and I'm, you know, when I was young, I was like, I was the guy. I was feeling like the victim. It was all tough for me. But looking back, no way, dude. It was like, it yeah. was tough for my dad to have to manage a kid like me. I was, I don't know why, just so full of rage, full of anger, out of control. I didn't care about consequences. I loved, I loved adrenaline. And I never, ever, like the feeling of fear. People talk about fear. To me, I never felt that. Mm. To me, I only ever felt excitement and adrenaline. And that, I loved that feeling. Um, which is kind of why I went into cage fighting because, uh, yeah, so that concoction was just a, a, like a nightmare for a father. Um, yeah. So I apologize to him every day now. <laughs> <laughs> but but I want to I want to go into that just a little bit further. I mean, obviously, yeah. with, this is leadership to wealth. And one of the things that we, we really want to examine is being able to look back and and see some of those dynamics and I mean, you actually used a really strong word that you actually hated him at that point. And I know you've got the you've got hindsight now. You've got wisdom now. But what was it like for you at that point in time when you felt like your dad was literally against you? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. It wasn't like I singled out my dad either. I just felt that way about everybody, like the teachers, the, the you know anyone there was a few people in my life that i didn't look at like that like my grandparents were amazing and i mean my dad was amazing so was my mom i I don't know i just just took like this aversion to to everybody like the whole world so it wasn't like i singled out my dad and i hated my dad i just i didn't hate him i just didn't like the world i didn't like anything um it was really strange um that's a really good perspective yeah 
That's interesting. But I, I mean, I'll just share and, you know, we've talked about it off camera. You know, I grew up, my, my dad was an alcoholic and we, we had some violence in the home and, and I remember having some, uh, you know, both being angry and, uh, and terrified of my father. And, uh, and, but I also remember, you know, my feelings towards my mother. And I remember a point where, uh, they were just, they were alien to me. I, where I cut them off, I said, no, you know what? I've, I've gotten, I want nothing really to do with you guys. Not, not completely. So to say mm. they're, I look back on it now. They're very loving parents. They yeah. tried their best. They gave their best. And I was uh, a hard headed kid. But um, at that point in time, I just couldn't see anything that they were trying to do for me. And, mm. um, and, but it sounds like, you could even understand a little bit of that they were trying. I mean, uh, and, and that you, uh, and that you had, you know, maybe an animosity towards more than just them. Were, were you able to see that they still actually cared for you? Um, that's a great question. Um, I kind of always knew my mum did. Um, looking back, I kind of like, if I look back now, yeah, I know my dad was always there for me. I always knew that, but yeah. Yeah, but it was at the time. I don't really think I got that completely. No, so yeah. that was yeah. part of the issue. So yeah, that's yeah. an interesting point. Yeah. Well, well, because some of what you're saying is really resonating for me, even, and I'm mm. like, oh, I'm I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about some of the hatred that I even had for for different people for my for my family and that, and mm. um, and how. I took some of that and, and what I realized, and I don't know, these gray hairs are worth something now, but what I realized (laughs) was that uh, really a lot of that hatred and animosity was actually uh, turned inside. It was actually how I felt about myself. Uh, Can you say anything about that? You know, as you said, we've spoke off camera quite a lot, me and yourself. And, you know, I really do feel that we, we can, completely relate to each other on this level yes absolutely it was completely an inward feeling um it it was all coming from me there was no one else to blame but me um i just wasn't old enough or wise enough to understand how to manage my feelings they were a lot stronger than everybody else's my will was a lot stronger than everybody else's when i was at school everyone did as they were told and and i'd question everything i'm like why i don't want to do that like but well we have to i'm like why I don't want to do it. So yeah, that's, that is, that's, I think massively part of the problem is it was all, it was all me. It was all inward feeling that I, I didn't know how to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And and then you took that. And I mean, obviously uh, you, you've shared a little bit about getting into MMA, but yeah. y- you know, we, we all know there was some, uh, there, there were some warm ups leading to that uh, <laughs> perhaps at the bars yeah. or in the streets, uh, <laughs> yeah. y- y- you know, w- was, what was the shift there that that took you into MMA that made you think that's the direction I want to go? Okay, so I think from as early as I can remember, like from five years old, I've always loved fighting. It is what okay. it is. I loved it. I've enjoyed it, and, and I've always told my whole life, you can't. Well, not my whole life actually, but my younger years, you can't. You can't go around fighting. You can't do this. I mean, I've never ever laid a finger on a woman. I, I've got respect for old people, women, children, animals. And, but when it's a 
their game, even like the bullies in the school, they're the guys I go for. I, I hate seeing people being bullied. It, it drives me mad. So I'd always think that was a great excuse for me to have a fight. I want to kind of attack the bully. Um, and I, from as young as I can remember, I've just loved to fight. I've done martial arts since I was five, six, and most of my life oh. I had a had a really nasty accident which took me out of training. And then I, I started drinking once I'd recovered, and then I was in in the streets fighting, and that was that got out of hand. Um, and I loved it. I, I, what can I say? I, I can't lie about the fact that I like to fight because yeah. when I was young, there was really, like, I wanted a boxer. My mum my didn't want me boxing. She didn't want me getting hit in the head. And I was like, it's not me you've got to worry about. But she wouldn't let me box. So I ended up doing Taekwondo and I got I got thrown out of two tournaments because I went a little bit over the Instead top. Instead of using your hands, you're using your feet. That was great. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're not supposed to land the strikes. You're supposed to throw these kicks in the air and not land anything. And I, I just, I ended up charging some guy into the, into the crowd because he I just wanted to and then that was it I disgraced the school and they threw me threw me off the competition and that happened twice um I just wanted to fight um that's I don't know what to say about it uh yeah and it happened all through all through my life and then of course when MMA come along I was just sitting there with my pals just uh like everybody else at what six I don't know 17 18 years old going I want to do that and my, all my mates just laughed at me and I'm like no I'm, I'm serious that is for yeah. me and and then i went on a path to to try and get into it and um yeah i had a few I had some injuries and some some times in hospital and a, and a couple of little mishaps that happened along the way as you do yeah. when you're a lad which prevented me um, but eventually i got there yeah yeah absolutely i listen i uh i think about some of the uh, desktops i got into w one of the things that i gotta say is that often it, it i don't know maybe this is just back in the day two guys could could fight and then once once one guy was beaten you know it was like all right the fight's over and um now when we were younger you might end up becoming friends afterwards but um but yeah you just kind of left it at that and there was nothing more to it it, it was solved and you moved on but um yeah. uh but one of the things that i i've got to say i'm really glad about is that i was fortunate enough to be able to uh avoid any serious injuries or any serious implications of that but mm. uh, let, let me ask this because this is something that i'm curious about if if you really love fighting that much do you think it's really about the physical or is it about the the psychological challenge for you what is it about fighting that you really crave You've nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. it. It isn't psychological. It's not the physical. It's just pure and simply the challenge. That's it. I love it. I love the feeling. I love the feeling mentally, and I love the feeling physically. I like. I get goosebumps just sitting here now talking to you, thinking about, you know, the, the challenge. It isn't about hurting people. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes it is. <laughs> like <laughs> when someone pisses you off and you're young, you want to hurt them. But even then, I knew when enough was enough. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd arrange a fight after school, sometimes two. I'd have the first one and finish him and then go into the second one straight after, no joke. I'd line them up. Yeah. And all right, I'd give them a little bit of a beat and I never never really lost. And uh, yeah, I'd move on. But for me, it was it was all about the challenge. Okay, I love that, that adrenaline rush. It's like... Yeah nothing on earth competes um yeah i love the psychological because what you can learn from you know from from managing your emotions and and overcoming fear to an extent it's just an it's incredible so there's so much about it but the ultimate goal for me is all about the challenge you know yeah. whether it's you know back in the early days it was about fighting that was my way of of, of challenging myself now yeah. i was obviously older and a bit a bit wiser now it's business i've just 
transferred all of those yeah. onto yeah the feelings yeah well, well you've you've actually started and run a number of successful businesses and yeah. uh, and th- you know that just really speaks to uh, you know that you're a bit of a sadist. You you like pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clearly, the business and, in the UK that is. Yeah. Yeah. Pain. Now you're having a kid, so you you're definitely like pain. So okay, we, we got that. Um, but there is something there uh, that you know what I I find a lot of people they they just can't understand that aspect. They're looking to avoid pain. They're looking to to get away mm. from it, and they'll do whatever they can to avoid those things. But yeah. for you, that establishes something for you that says something for, for yeah. you and about you that that you can look in the mirror. What what is that? Mm. What does that say to you? I love what you just said there, man. Literally, right? I'm the type of guy that sees a challenge. I don't care what it is. It could be burning fire, and if someone, cha- I'm going to run straight at it. I, I just, I love it. I I found out that. You know, you're never going to develop in outside in your comfort zones. You're never going to develop and make progress. You have to step out of your comfort zones. You know, I learned that from a young age. And and I used to, you know, find myself getting into situations initially. And then I'd be like, wow, like the other once I come out the other side of it, I've learned so much. And I was like, such a great yeah. feeling. I was like, wow. Like I didn't initially want to be in them situations. But once I'd got through, I'd learned a lot about myself and I'd learned to develop so much. that so I was like, I want more of that. Like it was almost yeah. like a learning experience. So yeah, I, I don't shy away from any challenge at all. Absolutely throw them at me. I love it. And and I kind of believe, and I, I truly believe, not, nothing in this world can beat me. Nothing in this world can stop me achieving what I want to achieve. I truly believe it. Um, and I'm still yet to find something that will. Yeah. Well, okay. So, <laughs> so clearly, um, so so let me ask you, when when you were fighting in during your MMA career, did mm-hmm. you I, now I know you loved smiling while you were in the ring, which is crazy. <laughs> you love it, it's like hit me again and you're smiling at your opponents. Uh, yeah. but were you ever scared when you were in the ring? Nah, not at all. Absolutely not at all. And you know what? Listen, okay. A lot of fighters will say we're all scared, we're all fear, we'll we'll feel fear. I'm sorry, I don't. I just feel excitement, I feel energy, I feel just like this, just feeling inside of me and it's not fear and i think i used to tell my fighters before they'd go out they'd, they'd shake that i'm nervous i'm nervous i'm like listen right that is a complete misconception this is not nerves you're not feeling fear you're not feeling nerves because if you were that scared you'd be running okay this is your body preparing itself to do something that you want to do this is a misconstrued emotion this is adrenaline this is your body preparing for a fight if you don't feel this you shouldn't be here so i think people misconstrue fear with just a preparation process the body goes through and and i kind of knew this at young. i love that feeling and i you know win lose or draw 80% success rate and you know I usually win and when I don't win I learn but n- nah never I'm not scared to take on any challenge um just not not at all and I you know I get in that ring or that cage and I'm I'm willing to die simple I'm like not even afraid of my own death even to this day I'm not afraid of my own death and I just think too many people these days are just too weak and too worried about things and a lot of the time you worry about stuff and it doesn't even happen um so no i I can't say that i was scared i'm not gonna say i've never been scared of course i've been scared in my life i have i have been scared about some things i've i've been i've feared of loss like losing someone i i I feared that before um i've feared about a business that i 
built from nothing and I was worried I was I was feared that it might fail at one point um, yeah. but I, I, I soon found out as well that those type of emotions only bring on that same type of outcome so I switched my brain into positivity quickly and then it, it goes I think it's all yeah. in the mind really that's I gotta tell you it is crazy what you are saying to me right now it, you're literally making me Oh my goodness. I'm like, whew. okay. So I, I'm thinking about times in business where it's like, there's yeah. stuff that is on your shoulders and it, yeah. you know, you're like, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. This is all going to mess up. I'm going to fail. And, uh, and I'm, you're bringing me to a place where my shoulders feel heavy and I'm, and I literally Ooh. have to just look and go, let's go no i'm not i can't i i cannot let this uh, no i can't do it forget it there you go i don't even have the words for it this is what that's yeah. what you it's a feeling isn't what it? you're yeah, yeah. yeah. like no <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not going that. down that road and um and it doesn't disappear but it's just like i mm. i don't care i i'm gonna go down swinging rather than go down the other way around and my man whew. My man, that's what I'm talking about. The more you put on me, the more you tell me I'm going to fail, the harder life gets, the yeah. more I'm going to rise up. I swear to God, I just, I cannot, I cannot allow myself to be beaten. Uh, look, we, we can all lose. We can all make mistakes, but you don't fail unless you accept defeat. There is no failure until you yeah. accept defeat. You get back up, you yeah. dust off and you go again and you keep going. I just think, yeah, and that. I love what you just said, Matt. Brilliant. <laughs> so oh my cool. Goodness. I'm like, I, look at me. I'm like holding myself together because I'm like, oh, oh my yeah. goodness. You, you just, you, you really just brought me to a place that, that I'm like, Brilliant. oh my goodness. That's really, you mm. know, how many people get to that place mm. and then, and you don't know what to do and you think yeah. that it's time to give up. And, yeah. and instead, I really appreciate what you created there because you're really speaking to the opportunity that it mm. is yep. to, to instead rise up rather than give up. And, you know, yep. um, now, you, you know, I know there's many times where there, where we probably, you can probably say this, there's probably times where you, in that instance, it probably should have been a signal to stop whatever was going on, but instead oh, you took it as a, <laughs> Yeah, as a signal, yeah. no, I'm gonna beat this. You're not gonna beat me. Um, okay, that's the flip side to having that type of mentality, yeah. So I can give you a couple of stories, yeah. <sighs> oh, that's great. So tell us a little bit about um your business and your success in business and what what you found are some of the keys to being able to identify a business to build and how to build it in a way that that creates uh, success. I love that. Okay, so it all stemmed from school. Okay, at school I was an imbecile. Well, no, I'm an imbecile. I just didn't like it. I couldn't get my head around. I hated it. I literally got thrown out of school at 13, and I was told I'd amount to nothing. But again, this is the whole challenge thing. And I was like, well, I won't amount to nothing. I'm not stupid. I know I'm not stupid. And, and I went on a mission to learn. But I before I could start learning, I had to teach myself how to learn if that makes any sense. So yeah. 
I started trying all these different courses. I found I was very good at art and design. So I went to college and I thought, well, I do art and design because I haven't got to do much writing. And that was where the problems were, was listening and writing and translating information. And it was yeah. a big problem for me. So I went and done art and design and I was flying through the first few weeks. And all of a sudden we had an art history class where like, I had to sit there and, and we're back in the lecture scenario. And I was like, shit. Uh, and the teachers, were, they loved me. I was doing so well until this point. And I just sat there. I, my head went red. I got angry again. The same feelings come back. And I went, fuck this man picked up my bag and just started walking out and this lady moira she changed my life she was my lecturer at the time she said nick where are you going i said fuck this i'm done i don't want to be here and she said right just wait there and she took me aside she said there's class i'll be back and she took me and she said you've done so well why is it now there's an issue and she identified that there was a there was a problem and it, we literally sat me down she spent so much time with me and she taught me how to learn and Dude, it was like a eureka moment. It was like the, the, the skies just opened up and I just went crazy head on with education. And I have literally spent my entire life, even to this day, this very morning, I woke up at one o'clock in the morning, I did some studying and I do pretty much every day. And I studied business studies, uh, nutrition, strength conditioning, sports science, uh, and it goes on. I mean, I have now more qualifications than anyone I've ever known. And I mean, I've got a stack of them this big and I'm still always learning. Um, so business was an area that I absolutely love because my dad encouraged me to be a businessman. So I literally- Wait, 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 hang on, hang on. Oh, I, sorry, I don't yeah. want to miss what uh, Moira? Ah, Moira, yeah. Moira, what, yeah. what did she teach you in that moment? What was that? What What was it that she shared with you that that made you Dude, open she up? Was just she was the first person ever to sit me down and say, "I know what the problem is," and and I'm like, "No, you don't. There is no problem." And she went, and she was she just broke everything down. And she said piece by piece, and she was so calm. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like. The woman made me feel like I wasn't stupid for the first time in my life when I knew I wasn't. It's like, I know in my brain, I'm sharp. I know I'm not stupid, but I just yeah. couldn't grasp the concepts. Anyway, she, she just broke it down and we done this. We went through these, these, um, uh, I don't know, strategies and just helped me realize what the issues was. And she, she used to give me handouts with all the notes written for the, for the, the lectures. And I'd literally just read them and highlight the errors instead of having to take notes. Because for me, like trying to keep up and take notes at the same time, it was really frustrating me. So I was just highlighting, highlighting the bits that are relevant. And yeah. I could not believe how quickly this stuff was going in. I was like, oh, this is fucking great. <laughs> and it was like a new, I don't know, just like a new feeling, a new wave that took over me. It didn't take the anger. The anger was in there. So that's what right. I mean. I, I think that was right. always going to be there. But it, yeah. that anger become like a driving force for me to learn because I was going to show everyone that called me stupid. I'm going to show yeah. them people. Even if they never see me again and they don't see, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to show myself that I'm not stupid. And and that's yeah. when I went on a mission to learn about business studies, and and that's how the business has come about. Yeah. Mm. Um. So, so did you found that? What I'm hearing is that what you found was okay. So it's there's something with auditory learning but you're better with being able to read is that something that you you found there being able to read and learn rather than take in audio well interesting enough i later went to university and i done an actual um dyslexia assessment and i identified exactly everything that was the issue but i'd already yeah. found my own way of learning by that time yeah. and it was more of a case of i wanted some 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 support while i was there um, yeah. and it's basically information processing. So like if I read something, 
it could take me like five minutes before it registers. It's it's slower to go in, but when it goes in, it never leaves. It's amazing. So it's like a blessing. But I, at the time, I'm like not getting it. Not and it was just crazy. So when they're lecturing and I'm trying to take notes, I can't listen and, and I'm I'm getting completely lost. Um, and reading as well, I, I can read very well. And the thing is, I always done well in my exams, like English and, and maths and stuff. So they couldn't, it couldn't really be identified because I could take the information in. It was just slower initially. Yeah. Very strange, very strange. They, they, they um, were like, he keeps passing everything. What's going on? Yeah, well, exactly. Um, and I was above average as well. I was 85% and everything, like English, spelling, reading, writing. So they're like, well, you're not yeah. stupid, but you're not, yeah. you are in the class. I don't know. It was just so frustrating, dude. Yeah. So, so now when, when you took this into business, uh, how did you, how did you take that into and, and just start identifying areas to go into? Was it just areas of interest or did you start looking at uh, business and going, uh, this is an opportunity here and, and go down that route? What was it that? I love talking to you. Your questions are great. <laughs> so, okay, it's interesting because I've actually done both. I actually started businesses based on passion because it wasn't so much hard work. But I yeah. also started businesses based on opportunity because there was more money and there's better opportunity. But it was more yeah. hard work because I didn't enjoy it so much. So construction yeah. company I built from nothing, absolutely from nothing. I had a van, a couple of tools, and one guy and me. And we were, I had qualified bricklayer over three years at college as well. So I started doing some bricklaying and I turned that company into a multi-million pound business within two years. I mean, over yeah. one point, over one million. So just, just below two million in the first, first in the second year. Um, wow. And, you know, then I had my chain of gyms, my fight science gyms, which was my pure passion. So that was easy. And again, that built into a, a national franchise, even though the, the, the four big banks in the UK said, well, we've not seen many businesses meet all criteria to be to be a recognized franchise with the four big banks in just three years. I've met that quite comfortably. Um, so it was interesting. I'd done passion and I'd done opportunity. Um, I hated the businesses that were based on opportunity. I loved the businesses that were based on passion, but they were both successful. Uh, they were because what I learned from all my learning difficulties was outside the box thinking. Um, yeah. I had a very... I don't know. My brain works really well with marketing and finding opportunities. Plus, I'm an absolute perfectionist, and, and my customers are always my number one primary importance. Like, I want to make sure that they get the best quality of service. So, yeah, it's always been the same model. Um, I, I do a lot of planning. I do a lot of research, which I learned in all my business studies courses. Like, I will plan a business for, for months or years before I even start it. So, I already know it's going to be a success before it starts. So yeah. um yeah they've all been pretty successful I've had some some learning experiences but <laughs> generally they've been good <laughs> and, and any um now now with that much planning you, you know you probably see most of the pitfalls along the way can can you talk at all about um things that you didn't see coming when you were running businesses Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, look, it's the oldest, oldest trick in the book or the oldest saying that is one time I made a mistake. Uh, I trusted a friend and I signed a contract that I read and I, I misconstrued one word. It was proceeds of sale. We had an agreement on a property and I, I thought it meant profit. OK, it was a legitimized scam. Huge mistake. Cost me tens of thousands of pounds. And it was a scam. I got caught in it because I trusted a friend. So that should never have happened because I've done contractual law in, in college at, at national diploma level. I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> you know, uh, why the hell did I do that? Anyway, it, it drive me on to, to make great successes in the long run. Um, 
Yeah, I think uh, the, the the biggest thing I learned was, as I say, the opportunity versus passion. Like when you're into passion, if it's a passionate a passion you're into, then it's yeah. it's a lot easier. It's like it's not as hard work when it's an opportunity and you don't really have passion for it. You got to work twice as hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's that's really interesting. I I um, a lot of people ask me about when when it comes to business. Obviously, being in finance myself, one one of the things that people will ask is, you know, how can you do all of this stuff? And I said. It's simple because I'm out here playing while you're yeah, working. Yeah. I'm playing. I don't get tired playing. <laughs> yeah. You know, no. are you kidding me? I get to talk to people. I get to, I get to learn from them. I get to yeah. help make people money. We get to do all the, and, yeah. and for me, I get to learn the whole time through, which is really probably the, the, the biggest, the biggest piece of it all for me. Right. So, um, so I find I, I like what you're saying about the passion, but mm. one of the things, and I don't know, maybe you can say something about this. One of the things that I found is that um, if you can find in a business of opportunity, if you mm. can find the thing that you're passionate about mm. in that opportunity, then, yeah. and you go down that part and you build a team around you to fill in on the other, on the other parts, uh, mm. You, you can do amazing that way. Can can you say something about that? What what you see from from your business experience? Yeah, that's that's a great perspective, dude. Uh, okay, so the construction company made me a lot of money, but I yeah. it was hard work. I didn't, you know, okay, I enjoyed the challenge, but I didn't really enjoy the day to day activities and the roles I had to carry out. However, the, what, the was it team, was it not challenging enough mentally? Oh, it was way challenging enough. That wasn't so much the issue. It was just not okay. as much fun as going into a gym every day and punching people in the face for a living. That was obviously <laughs> much more fun. So I, I, so my first ever fight, um, I'd never had a fight before. I'd only had about three or four months of proper MMA training. And before I'd got in the ring, okay, I had a brand, I had a website, I had a, I had a like a gum shield and and a name, and I had sponsorship. I had a thousand pound sponsorship. I'd sold four hundred tickets to to my first ever fight. Never been in a fight uh, in a in a cage in my life. Not even stepped in a cage for training. And I'd sold out the whole VIP section. And I was actually then put to co-main event on on a show that was reasonably big at the time. And I never had a fight because I took my passion and I saw an opportunity, and I created a whole business around it. I got criticized by so many people for thinking I'm something I'm not. Well, I didn't think I was anything. I, I was just doing what come naturally to me, which was yeah. make it exciting, engage people with what I'm doing, bring them on. I didn't proclaim to be the best fighter in the world. I never had a fight. I was there because I wanted to be there. And I played on the fact that I was a bit of a thug before and, you know, come and watch me have a scrap. And people loved it. So, yeah, it's great. I took the opportunity and I went with passion and I mixed the two together and it was a huge yeah. success. It just went from strength to strength. And that's obviously where later on down the line, in just a few years, I created a whole gym franchise. Yeah. Wait, now, okay. Usually, if someone is good in one area, they they usually lack in another area. So when it comes to business, what would you say is an area that is your strength versus the area that's your weakness love that dude like dude right okay so when i started fighting i had a, a i was pretty good at grappling my striking was not good so what did i do i just made sure that i worked on all the areas i needed to work on to make myself good at what i had to do 
and business was no different. I found that I was very, very smart at marketing. I had very like out of the box ideas which just boosted my business. But I realized that my money management wasn't so good. So I went and done a specialized money management course. And I just made sure that anytime I spotted a weakness anywhere, I would focus on that weakness. Now, here's the thing that a lot of people don't do. When they've got a weakness, they, they ignore it. They procrastinate. And, and that's yeah. something I will not do. I will throw myself at a weakness and make it a strength. And I've done it yeah. with my learning. I've done it in my sports. I've done it in my business. Um, and I literally will not allow myself to have a weakness if I can see that it's there. And some yeah. things I'm like, I just it's too much to do or it's too much to take on because it's a very specialist skill set. Well, here's the good news, yeah? Employ someone that can do it. <laughs> it's done, yeah. isn't it? It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I've ever done. So I got to ask this question because virtually every – Anyone that's watching that is starting a business, they're always, they're always like, "How do I get to that point where I can, uh, where I can start hiring someone?" And okay. you just said you said something huge there. Your your specialty was marketing, and I mm -hmm. think so many people have it the other way around, where their specialty is maybe doing whatever the thing is, and marketing yeah. is like, "Oh, great! I, I don't know how do I do that." And uh, what what do you say to people like that? Because, you know, clearly marketing is an issue for a lot of people. That's yeah. Okay. So when I say I was good at marketing, I, I didn't know much about marketing over in the courses that I've done, but I had a, had a way of thinking that was just different to everybody else. And I'll give you a very yeah. quick example. Yeah. My construction company. Okay. I, I had some money. That was the thing. I had some money to build the company. And I had a marketing budget and I'm like, so what am I going to do? Like every other builder, okay, I'm going to put some adverts in a local newspaper. I'm going to put some adverts on the radio and I'm going to do some local, local, no, I'm not. Am I bollocks? Like why? Because that's what everyone else is doing in a saturated market. So I'm thinking when you hear the word builder in the UK, what's the first thing that springs to your mind? It is cowboy builders. Everyone's petrified of letting someone into their home, working on their home, their pride and joy that they don't know or trust. I've got no trading history. How do I overcome those those barriers so i sat down and thought to myself i've got a marketing budget what i did is I, I literally went to the local news and media and said i want to run a campaign locally in this area for a family that are less fortunate and i will i will do a refurb in their property or an extension completely for free i will do it for nothing i had a budget of like fifteen thousand pounds i could get a reasonable amount of work done but i wanted a four-week campaign running through all the local media finding a family spilting them out picking the best one and it just went crazy. It became like a local SOS campaign. Now, here's the thing. I found this amazing family and it was all, it ended up being filmed and documented and, and we'd done all this amazing work and I supported this local charity that then housed them for a week while we, and they had two really badly disabled kids and we just refurbished their house. But what I did is I then went to all of my local um, suppliers, the people that worked with me through my company, the electricians, the painters, the carpet fitters, everybody, the plumbers, and they all done it for free. Wow. So all they got was a mention in the local newspaper. Now, here's the thing, yeah. right? It cost me about £2,000 and a week of my time. And I managed the whole project from start to finish. The family were like over the moon. The charity were like, wow. The, the whole local community were crazy. I even got a local hero award. Wow. And my phone did not stop ringing because A, everyone saw my work. It was good quality work. They saw how yeah. I managed the project. I absolutely obliterated the barriers of trust no one had any doubts about being able to trust me so instead of spending 10 15 pounds on marketing i found a very clever way to smash the barriers and just go straight to market and within the second year i was turning over well over a million pound yeah 
Um, wow. So it wasn't I was good at marketing. I just used my brain a little bit yeah. differently to everybody else. And I've done yeah. that with every business I've ever run. Yeah, you, you really found a way to creatively add value that to everybody yeah like yeah. the family i was thinking well i'm going to give my money to a local media company they're just going to spend it and put it in there i thought the family benefit so it wasn't about leveraging off the family the family were like massively benefiting okay yeah. i was winning out everybody won it was just a good yeah. idea so yeah. okay so answer to your question um if i wasn't good at marketing i always i always start developing specialist skills. So I'll, I'll go on online, I'll go to evening classes, I will do correspondence courses, I have stacks of them, okay? It takes effort, I'm not gonna lie to people, like you, you've gotta put effort in. If you want to get something out of life, I can yeah. promise you one thing, there is no shortcut to success, okay? Despite what yeah. these people online are telling you, rubbish. I worked hard, I'd get up at two o'clock in the morning, I'd work through till five, six, seven o'clock in the morning and go to work. I'd study and I'd develop my skill sets. If I needed someone that I that I, I couldn't develop a skill set myself, I had to employ someone. You, I couldn't afford to employ someone on a full-time basis. I just get them on ad hoc scenarios and just when and as and when I need them. And I'd utilize the people around me to my best ability. And slowly, slowly, you start piecing things together and off you go. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so... So you're building now. I, I want to ask you selfishly. I want to ask this question. <laughs> when when you talk about building, uh, not not just construction. I mean, when you talk about building a business, yeah. and you know, lots of people want to build, and most of them don't necessarily know where where they're building to, um, yeah. but they want. You know, I had a, a gentleman say to me, you know, I want to because I'm in real estate. He said, Well, I want to. Uh, build a hundred million dollar business. I was like, okay, sounds great. Um, <laughs> why do you want a hundred million dollar business? Um, and you know, he was kind of giving me his answer. I was like, how much money do you actually need to retire? And mm -hmm. he didn't know how to calculate that. So, right. but so my question is, there are people that have aspirations to build something big, yeah. and. And they have no idea how to build, how to scale something larger. Mm. Is it is it really about picking something that's scalable, or is or is there a special something in the sauce that you can say, hey, look, most guys can't take a gym and make it into four gyms. I'll, let me tell you how you can do that. Can can you can you say what it is? Dude, 100% there's a formula. There's no doubt in my mind. It, there's a formula to success, okay? Yeah. You could put me anywhere in the world with nothing, and I will always find the same level in that society. It doesn't matter where I am. Doesn't You know, you know what? If someone's listening and want to challenge me to it, I'm all about that. Put me anywhere you want. Give me give me one month. You put me there with nothing. If in one month, I'll have accumulated more than most people would have accumulated in probably four years. I guarantee it. I, I just, there's a formula. So, it doesn't come without planning. You, you can't, okay, $100 million business, great. That's a great goal. I think everyone's had that goal. Irrelevant of how much you need to, to retire. Just pick a goal. It doesn't matter how big it is. But then you have to create like a burning desire to succeed, okay? It has to become an obsession. You have to make it an obsession, which is why passion is very important. But then you have to create a plan to achieve that goal. You can't just start. Like, I have people come to me all the time and they've got these ideas about business. And I'm like, okay, great. Show me your business plan. Well, I haven't got one. Well, then you're fucked. 
Like they've spent no time planning, man. It's like you've got to spend time planning. You've got to yeah. you've got to create the brand. You've got to fill that brand. You've got to speak to your market. You've got to you've got to resonate with your audience. You've got to then do projections, cash flows. You've you've got to see that thing working on paper before you should start. That's the biggest mistake I see people making. And and okay, some people don't have that natural ability to plan and, and do the projections. I wasn't born with it. I had to learn it. It was hard. Yeah. I had to go back and learn about Excel so I could run these formulas on a spreadsheet. But it's yeah. like it's like creating this visual map in front of my eyes. And I'm like, I've built so many business plans and gone, actually, that don't work. And I've built business plans. I'm Brilliant. like, wow. Yeah. And that's it. It's yeah. it's plan. You have to have a definitive plan of action, but you have to have desire. You have to have passion. There's a few things you need and you have to get them in order. Um, but I don't think a hundred million dollar business is is out of anybody's league if they've got the formula. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You, you just crystallized <laughs> something. Oh my goodness! Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> the number of people that have good ideas mm. that they want they want money to, and they won't apply the energy necessary to even create that that wait look at how much effort i've put in to yep. get this money and you want yep. me to give it to you without even any effort yep dude i've had it so many times people even to this day i shit you not people come to me i've got this great idea and i just go oh god <laughs> <laughs> tell me about it and it's like <laughs> Okay, it's, it's a good idea. Where, where's, where's your plan? Where's your strategy? Show me. Yeah. No, well, and what you think, I'm just going to make you a business plan. Like, do you realize how much right. time I have to put into that? And then, and I can make you a business plan that it might not even work. Um, and yeah, they just don't want to apply. They just want to come up with an idea, give it to you, and then you make them all this money. Sorry, yeah. that's not how life works. So, okay. If, 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 yeah, no, no, sorry, sorry, no. sorry finish, finish, please, please. Finish. No, I was going to say, I said, if people come to me and you think I'm going to make you rich by pushing a button, I said, just don't, don't come anywhere near me because you know it takes effort. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's literally a, um, it literally ticks you off because you know how hard. <laughs> yeah, you've had yeah. you've had to work to get there, and uh, yeah. Yeah. you know. Uh, okay, I, I've I've got to ask this question. Um, being being in real estate where does because you're you're uh, a different type of businessman where does real estate fit into um you know your your goals your plans i mean your passions and and wealth accumulation where where does that all fit in for you dude that is a fantastic question because i've not even mentioned real estate but yeah. real estate has been the biggest money maker for me from day one. So I've always had properties bubbling around in the background. Even here, I've got three or four properties. I've got tenants in them as we speak. I've got another one in town, tenanted till after Christmas. Um, yeah, property has always been the place where I've made money. So in England, I'd buy properties, steal them up, sell them, convert them into HMOs, which is house of multiple occupancies, get licenses, and then sell them as a going concern and, and double my money in just 18 months. I'd buy a house for 250, sell it for 500,000 in just 18 months, always doing it. And that's how the construction come about, actually, because I was developing these properties. I worked so hard to get on the property ladder to get a mortgage and get some money and get started. And then yeah. I was building these, these extensions and refurbs and people knock on the door and say, amazing job. I love the way your guys work. Can, can, Cause I've managed a team very well. 
and they'd say, can you, can you price an extension for me? I'm like, sorry, we don't. Where do you live? <laughs> and I'd go around and I'd say, yeah, I'll give you a price for that. And I would literally throw in a price and because it's in the work. And that's how the construction start, uh, company started. Um, yeah. yeah, that's good. But property, real estate, hell yeah, that's the place to be. I mean, yeah. I don't uh, think there's a better investment in the world, in most parts that, of the world, should I say. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, now I'm all excited and I don't know what you to know, say. Oh, you got that nice, you got that nice feeling going. Okay. Um, oh, I'm gonna cry now. It's great. I love it. Um, I mean, I, I, I got to be honest. I love real estate, and and yep. I'm in the area of real estate, really, Excellent. because I, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm smart enough to figure out some of these other things that people have figured out. Well, you ever speak to me like that again? <laughs> yes, well, you are. well, you're you're just talking about all these things, and I'm like, I know in real estate, if I do this, 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 and this. Mm. Meanwhile, you know, some of these other things, like hey, here we are on social media, we're having fun. We're, I was like, I yeah. don't know how to do all these things. I'll do it anyways. I'll go down there anyways. <laughs> yeah. But but in real estate. I don't know un unless you do something stupid. I don't know how you uh, how you can mess that one up, right? People have been doing it for thousands of years, um, yeah. and so uh, I, yeah, you just warmed my heart there by sharing that. Um, okay, awesome, so dude. love that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let me ask this: where does where does real estate fit versus building a business, building building other types of businesses? Because obviously, you've built many other types of businesses. Yeah, yeah, still, still am now. I mean, I've got a, a digital marketing and web development company, and I'm about to sign a, an agreement for a huge, massive combat sports organization in Thailand. It's it's going to be history in the making. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on. But like for wait, me, wait, wait, wait. You, you don't need to pass that over. You can you can share. You can share. Uh, I can't. The, yeah, I'm literally just about to sign a contract. I can't say anything <laughs> yeah, until okay, I've done it. Okay. Get, I, if okay. we can jump back on, I'll give you an exclusive on it. But yeah, yeah it's huge. I mean, it's love it's, it. It's, it's <laughs> for, for me, and I'm only I've yeah. achieved a lot in my life. This is going to be the the biggest and most impressive achievement of my life to date. If it goes the way that my business plan that I spent months planning. Yeah. works out which i'm sure it will because it's it's a success already on paper so anyway that's another story dude but for me uh like look no one has ever got rich without making smart investments okay you could build yeah. businesses yeah okay businesses earn you money you can make money out of businesses of course you can but all of the greatest people in the world that have made lots of money have all in, been very clever with their investments it's like a almost like a passive source of income isn't it so for me like Property and real estate has always been a steady investment for me. Um, like you hear about these cryptocurrencies and people are saying they're investing in them. That's gambling. They ain't investing. Okay, you can make money on them, but it's it's gambling. Investing in property is an investment. And you've got these new modern day gurus saying you shouldn't buy property because people aren't going to buy them anymore. They're going to rent them. Well, what do you think I buy them for? I buy them to rent them. <laughs> Stupid fucking people. But anyway, <laughs> I've heard people say it like, don't buy properties because no one's going to buy them anymore. They're going to rent them. I'm like, how stupid is that? That's what I buy them. Anyway, um, so it's always been an investment. I just think it's a, it's a solid, you know, especially in the UK. Yeah. That's the one thing about the UK that's good. But even here, the, the, the rental yield I get here is like 10%. It's really good. Um, wow. And when when are you ever going to lose value of a property? I mean, okay, they ups and downs, but it's mm. a general trend upwards wherever you are. 
Um, as long as you've got insurance and it doesn't burn to the ground. <laughs> you, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, you know. yeah. I, lo I love what you're saying. I mean, even, you know, you, you're really saying something controversial right now just by talking about uh, crypto and, and going yeah. against it because, you, you yeah. know, as I know, everybody, crypto is the way to go. But I, I'll say this about, about that. There is definitely, and, and I'm not a techie by any sense, but clearly I can see applications for, for that type of technology. Yep. Um, the one thing, and, and maybe this is getting away from what we're talking about on the show, but, um, but to me, I can't see how the governments of the world, you, you know, really function with crypto because it, yeah. it's just taking away all their power. And I don't know, they kill people over power yeah, so yeah. yeah right where are they gonna go i mean that's the one I thing know. i like about crypto i don't, I don't dislike crypto and I, you can make yeah. a lot of money in crypto i'm not saying you can't but what yeah. i'm saying is that is not an investment in the purest sense of what an investment is i'm sorry it's a gamble it goes up and down and literally you can watch it because i've actually got them on my phone don't get me wrong i've got cryptocurrencies on my phone and they go up yeah. down up down but i only play around with little bits of money because it's not an investment to me it's a gamble yeah Wow. Um, brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. I didn't, I really did not realize we were, we could go into this area and we were going to go down this road, <laughs> but it's absolutely brilliant. I'm loving it. Um, and, and I think it's really interesting because of where you've come from, right? Yeah. Through all those hardships, through all of that, through, through those years. I mean, now I, I, we have to talk a little bit about, uh, MMA, and yep. I, I just your mindset in there, because obviously, clearly, we can see that you took that mentality and you brought it into into the business world. Mm. Um, but but MMA, what what did that do for you as as a man? What did it do for you to bring you to where you are now? Good question. So, yeah, when I was a kid growing up, obviously, I had I just loved to fight. I was in so much trouble. Um, I got in a lot of trouble. I'm not going to lie. You know, I was a toe rag. I always had a heart and I was honorable. I wasn't a thief and I never hit a woman or I was never a bully. But I just used to get in a lot of fights. And, you know, it would be doorman, sometimes police officers. I didn't really care as long as it was stacked heavily in, against me because I, I liked to challenge. But, you know, when MMA come along, I was like, wow. So what you're telling me, I can get in there, right? And beat the shit out of this guy and I'm not going to go to jail for it. I'm, I'm all about that. So initially for me, it was like, it was a bit of fun. It was just, a, just to let off that steam, that, that aggression, that adrenaline that I had just building up inside of me. And that's all it was. Yeah. And it just turned into a passion and a career. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of all it was really. I just wanted to fight. Yeah. Why, why stop? Oh, cause I got old man. Like, so this is the thing, right? I'm a perfectionist and I can remember, I won my big title. It took, I, it's the one thing I focused on. So I won, I won two, and I've worked so hard for this one title, and I won it so convincingly. I was 39 years old, and I remember thinking to myself, I'm so glad I won that because if I didn't, I'd still be there now getting my head smashed in trying to win that title because I was literally at the peak, and I felt myself having to work twice as hard, feeling a lot more pain, recovering not as fast, and my my performance, even when I was working harder, was just starting to come down. And I can't go in there lesser than I was the fight before. I can't. I have to be constantly making progress. And I just knew that at 39, I wasn't going to make that progress anymore. I could feel my body just not letting it happen. 
And I'm yeah. sorry, you you know, guys, however strong your, your mindset is, we're at a certain point in our lives, you know, the physical side of you is going to start to deteriorate. And I'm still powerful, strong and fit, but I'm nowhere near as powerful, strong and fit as I would want to be if I was still competing. So for me, a perfectionist, if I can't perform at my absolute best and feel good about it, I don't want to be there because then it takes the whole excitement out of it for me so i stopped but i stopped and quit while i was ahead 10 professional fights two titles had a fantastic career i made a lot of money and i i loved every minute of it whoa okay hang on a second oh man there's something else i wanted to say but but you just mentioned that you made a lot of money in a place where so many fighters yes. talk about they can't they can't make any money i mean the yeah, latest, yeah. of course, was uh, Jared Cannonier, who just said, well, mm. I've made money. I'm, it's not like I'm broke, but, you know, know. I'm not making. He actually said he's broke. He actually said, I'm broke. Yeah. I was like, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> he, he had to go back and change his statement. He goes, I'm not broke, but I'm not making the money that I should be making uh, yeah. at this level of the game. And and yeah. here you are. You never made it to the UFC, but yeah. you uh, you made, you just said, I made a lot of money. Can, can you say something? I made that? a lot of money. I used to I used to be, I wouldn't say I was arrogant. I was just joking. But I people would say, I'd say to people, look, there's no money in MMA in the UK. And they'd say, why? I said, because I've got it all. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, it's so bad to say. And I used to say it as a joke. But honestly, I made a lot of money out of MMA. I made a lot of money out of fighting. I built my gyms. I had sponsorships. I mean, I, I, I negotiated 200,000 pounds worth of sponsorships one deal on my own i only had four fights i went to the biggest the best suppliers of gym equipment in the world hammer strength and life fitness and i proposed yeah. i put proposal their way and they took it and they paid and they even gave me a ten thousand pound bonus after i won one of my fights dude i made a fortune out of, out of mma um i managed to negotiate fight fees because i've been so many followers to the to the events and then i'd negotiate 50 yeah. percent ticket deals um yeah. and i would literally make like on, on small shows, £25,000 a fight when I'd only had a few fights. And okay, you can make a lot more money than that these days. But trust me, back then, that was big money. I just applied yeah. the same strategies of, of building a brand, getting people excited, just being honest and delivering a good service as well, you know. Uh, and yeah. I found opportunities to make money everywhere. Um, and yeah, I made a lot of money. Just for um, I love that. I, I, okay, I got to ask one other question about, I know we're, we've reached our time, but I want to ask this question about a mentality of a fighter in a cage because yeah. you knew it was time to give up. And I've seen fighters that you you can literally watch them in a fight and it mm. seems like they give up at some point in the fight. You're like, yeah. no, no, he's the fight's over. He's given up right there. And, but they keep going and they get knocked out again. Or they get beaten again and they keep going. And you kind of ask yourself, why are they still out there fighting? Um, yeah. what, what do you, you being around the sport yeah. le legitimately, what do you see and what, what can you say about that? I love that question too, man. So, okay. I can tell exactly how I feel about that. So me, when I get in that cage, I'm willing to die. Okay. The referee stops it. Okay. I got to stop. But other than that, I am like physically willing to die, like yeah. dead. And I'm, I'm fine with that. So you can't stop me. So Part of me knew quitting while I was ahead was the best thing because otherwise I'm just going to get myself into some really bad situations where yeah. I'm going to end up dead, which is fine if I'm in there. But anyway, but the other thing that really struck me when I was a kid, I watched my great heroes in the cage and they inspired me to fight and they got old 
And then all I remember seeing them at the end of their career was just getting beaten up the whole time. And I thought, like, you've just undone all, not all of the respect, because I had so much respect for them, but they'd undone a lot of the respect I had for them. Like, there's a point where you've got to hand that sport over to the next generation and yeah. just let them be, because you don't undo your 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 legacy, but I just hated watching my my heroes getting battered week after yeah. week after week. It's like, and I didn't want to be that guy. I really didn't want to be that guy. So I, I decided to hang my gloves up. That being said, yeah. if I had to fight to this day, I'd fight to the death again. Wouldn't change. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you watch uh, Mike Tyson come back when he was fighting um, Roy Jones? Did you watch that fight? No. Oh, okay. Tyson's one of my heroes. I've got a picture, a signed picture of him on my wall. He's one of my ultimate heroes of all time. But no, I, I was scared to watch that fight because I was afraid. <laughs> I, I was like, I watched him come up, and I was like, what's he going to be here in this in this fight? And I was so inspired to see him really show mm. up. You, you know, older man. Okay, great. I wasn't expecting the Tyson of old. But he really no. showed up. I was really uh, happy for him. Yeah. And now I'm scary. He's talking about fighting again. But uh, you know, see what um... I mean. I like, Tyson's one of my all-time <laughs> heroes, and I love, I love the guy. I love everything about him. But I, I don't. I find it hard to watch, and I just don't want to see that guy that was my hero just yeah. not performing like he used to. And and that's just me. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's just how I feel. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. want to be that guy. I didn't want to look back at myself and go, oh, "Why did I do that? Why did I not stop then?" You know. Right. Not about anybody else. Wow. It was about me looking back. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you, Nick, I mean, there's so much stuff that you just shared with us. Amazing. Um, man, I got this warm, warm feeling in my heart. I, <laughs> I got to tell you, um, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Um, Thank you, I'm man. so glad that we, we got to, that I just got to pick more of your brain and get to hear these things. And yeah. I really am uh, so um, happy for you as you're getting ready for this next step of, mm. uh, you know, in your journey in this life uh, with yeah. uh, with the new kid on the way. And um, yeah. I believe uh, yeah. around November, right? Uh, January, January, I think January. January 6th, yeah. January. So, okay. New, uh, yeah, new, I'm, new, I'm, new year, baby. I, I, I'll be honest with you, dude, like my whole life, even at my lowest points, my worst points, I've always had my shit together. Right now, I'm petrified. I've got no fucking idea what I'm going to do with this baby. Like, I'm going to do my best. And I, that's what I mean. I'm quite happy to admit when I'm scared, bro. Talking about fear, I don't know. I just don't want to mess this beautiful little creature's life up. I want to just try and do my best. But yeah, it's it's scary. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, look, I, I absolutely want to get you back on the show after you've had uh, after you've had your baby and uh, we get to see your new perspective on life, what you what you've learned. Obviously, you're a deep thinker. Obviously, you're driven. Obviously, you're you're a man that learns from his mistakes. And uh, I think there's so much. Uh, I know that we've only scratched the surface of you, your life and the lessons that can be learned. And uh, we we absolutely love that you came on the show. Nick, thank you so much. Neil, thank you, my man. I mean, we've had a lot of chats behind the screen and you, you're you quite an inspirational guy yourself, dude. So maybe one day we should flip roles and let me quiz you about your life because I know you got some dark secrets and some interesting shit that I'd like to hear more about too. But thank you so much, Neil. Honestly, it's been uh, great. <laughs> th thank you so much. 
Guys, you you better watch you better watch this whole show and and we're gonna get Nick back on the show after he's had his kid and hopefully we get a, yeah. a little exclusive in there somewhere when we find out about this mega deal. We're we're gonna talk about this mega deal that's coming up and uh, how you master plan that one uh, into existence too. So uh, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for watching. <laughs>